Greetings, this is Carl Richards, and you are listening to another episode of Behavior Gap Radio. A number of years ago, I started this big study where we interviewed a bunch of high-income professionals uh, with the goal to sort of really understand what unique financial challenges they faced. And one of the things we discovered, and this sounds kind of silly, I realize, but it was a really important insight for me at the time, and I think it might be helpful for you, is one of the things we discovered is that the most valuable thing they owned, and I think this is generally true for all of us, was the present value of their future earnings. In other words, it was the money they were gonna earn. The most valuable asset they had, the most valuable investment they owned was themselves, right? And it's sort of, the, again, the more technical way of saying that was the present value of their future earnings or the money they were going to earn in the future. And I started thinking about this as the investment called you or personally, right? The investment called me. And what's so interesting is over the last 15 years, very little has been said or written about this investment, just even sort of acknowledging. And I know sometimes in in some fields, there are mainly sort of organizational behavior. There's a lot of focus on human capital, but that's sort of at a company-wide level. Personally, the idea of investing in yourself and the investment called you and practical ways for us to find out how to maximize the value of that investment over the long haul. There's very little written about it. And here's the interesting piece, right? One of the things we noticed as we sort of framed up this idea was that if the most valuable investment you own is the money you'll make in the future, right? The present value of your future earnings, despite what your spouse or friends or kids or colleagues may tell you, that investment is getting less valuable every year. Right now, it's nothing personal. It's just math. That the reality is because for no other reason, with every year that passes, you've got one less year to earn money. That asset is declining in value every year. Right? And most traditional financial planning is focused on building other assets to offset that declining value. And that's an important part of any financial plan. But the thing that seems to get neglected the most is, well, how do we maximize the value of that asset? And I think there are clearly some things we can do. I mean, one thing that I think is easiest to start with is the place you start, right? Like the beginning, for lack of a better term. And the way I think about it is anything you can do to increase your starting point, another way to say that would be to increase your starting salary, is an important thing to think about, right? So you maybe you delay getting, making money, right? Getting a job because you can invest in education, right? One of the things that we think about with our kids all the time is, right, if they had to choose between some extracurricular activities, that would help them get into a better school or would make them sort of more valuable in terms of the job they could get. If we had to choose between that, the extracurricular activities, and them working. Now, I'm not saying that we have to choose. I'm saying if you do have to choose, right, between them doing extracurricular activities to get into school, maybe it earns them a scholarship, 
and making minimum wage at the local restaurant, you know, maybe you choose to make that investment in the extracurricular activities. It's just one idea. Please don't get too hung up on it necessarily. And it may not be a binary sort of either or decision. And I know the value of work and I know the value of kids having jobs. So don't, don't take that the wrong way. I'm just saying using that as one way to think about this. But another more clear way is, right, investing in education is really valuable. I've got a friend who started as a tow truck driver out of high school, really even sort of our senior years in high school, and he was making so much money, we were all completely jealous. I remember thinking, geez, it makes so much money. And he, of course, got sort of used to making that kind of money. And then he became a supervisor, and he thought, why would I ever go to college, right? And then my other friends that went on to medical school and, and graduated and were doctors, you know, it wasn't very long. Well, it wasn't very long at all until they had completely leapfrogged them. And my tow truck driver friend was flatlined at that level, right? So that's one example. Another place to think about that this is in the middle of your career, looking for opportunities to increase the rate at which you get, you make more money, right? And if you work inside a big company, the idea of taking on jobs that nobody else wants to take on is my favorite one. Right. Another thing that I heard recently that I think is fantastic is always look to deflect praise to your boss, right? Give credit to your boss for everything that goes well and take responsibility for everything that goes poorly will make you incredibly valuable. Look for classes you can sign up, new skills you can build that will make you more valuable for the positions that will pay you a little bit more money. Those are just simple little ideas. And then of course, the end is one of my favorite ideas. Retirement is a myth, right? We are still living on this idea that we're going to work incredibly hard in the coal mine until we're 67 and then die at 69, right? Or work incredibly hard until we're 57 and die at 60. Most people now are living much, much longer. And you may be retired, if you think of it in the traditional sense, for 20 or 25 years. And that's a lot of golf, right? If you, and again, that sounds like a really fortunate position to be in. And it sounds crazy that I would tell you, like, you can't play that much golf. Most of the people I know who have tried that have gotten incredibly bored and would much rather find a way to contribute. So why not plan on that? So again, back to the investment called you, maybe it looks more like working really, really hard till 55 or 60 at your job that you may not love, but you make really good money. You're socking money away. And then at 55 or 60, you may just plan on finding something you love to do for 10 or 15 years. Like maybe you've always wanted to be a teacher right? Maybe you want to be a mountain guide or a host at one of the local ski resorts, or you want to work a little bit at the art gallery, or you love serving coffee and you want to work at Starbucks for the great health benefits you'll get. You know, all of those are ideas that may lengthen. Maybe you don't make a ton of money there, but it, it saves you from having to draw on the retirement money you've stashed away, right? So now you've lengthened the number of years you're going to work by 10 or 15 years. And that, to be honest, it's a healthier way to plan on it, probably much more aligned with reality. And that's just based on what I've seen. People who work, 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 and then one day just plan on putting the golf shoes on permanently, it doesn't seem to take very long before they say, look, I'm going to go crazy. I, I want to do, I want to be involved in the world. I want to contribute. I want to be making a difference. And if I can do that in a paid in a way that pays me a little bit of money to sort of lengthen my earning years, great. And so my point here is 
at the beginning, the middle, and the end, there are plenty of ways to think about investing, making the investment called you more valuable. And I think that deserves much more attention than it traditionally gets.